from talkradio.nyc. Welcome to At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and owner of David Thiergartner Interiors, right here in beautiful Manhattan. On tonight's show, Aesthetic Joy. My guest tonight is the consummate interior designer Gail Shields-Miller from Shields and Company Interiors. Gail and I will discuss aesthetic joy, the everyday value of surrounding ourselves with meaningful and thoughtful objects, furnishings, and art that surround us in our homes. I want to talk to Gail about her joyful interiors and how she uses colors and shapes to bring whimsy and delight into her designs. And then finally, I want to talk to Gail about the ever-changing nature of interior design industry over the years. There's a lot to talk about, so let's get started. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. What a wonderful world Oh, yeah I live in a wonderful world because I choose to and because mostly I have spent my life surrounded by treasures, large and small, new and old, some with personal history, and others because I saw something in a store, on the side of a road, or at the Paris flea market. I love my dahlia garden and the wooden brush I use to brush my beard. My found treasures are a reflection of how I see the world, how I define my life, and most certainly how I design my home. Through the years, each and every piece I have selected has brought me aesthetic joy. The pieces, the treasures that we use every day are necessary to a joyous life and a wonderful home. That joy that sense of home is all good and, and all too important. Walking through your own door, sleeping in your own bed, surrounded by your own stuff, your lifelong possessions, the bowl you put your keys in, the new brass light fixture that you just flipped on. It doesn't matter if you've been gone all day or for a week on a long business trip. There's no place like home. There's simply nothing like sitting in your antique chair or taking a sip of Chardonnay from those new wine glasses that you bought. Kicking off your shoes and grabbing a book or your iPad or turning on the TV, there's nothing better than coming home every day. Joan Didion said, every day is all there is. I have always remembered that quote in so many ways because it speaks to me about the power of interior design, gardens, family and friends, and the importance of things we keep around us. I have a favorite red coffee cup and a piece of art painted on a knotty slice of wood. I love my deep down-filled cushions of my new sofa. I feel that joy all the time, every day and every time I, I don't know, reclaim something hidden from under the bed, or when I found a beautiful set of glassware that I'm still crazy about from Scotland. I love my job for that reason and, and maybe that reason alone, discovering and finding aesthetic joy in the pieces we hold so dear that mean so much to us that we use every day is simply grand, five-star, top-notch. And that's why I wanted to talk to an interior designer, Gail Shields-Miller. I've always been a big fan of her designs, her joyous sensibilities, and her uncommon attention to detail. 
Miguel is a highly sought-after interior designer for many reasons, but what I have always loved about her designs is an easy lack of pretense and rooms that are filled with unexpected treasures. In this all-too-serious world that we live in, I find Gail's designs completely refreshing, and I'm anxious to talk to her about them tonight. Aesthetic joy is self-learned, self-taught. It takes years of consuming things, acquiring and editing, developing ideas, and defining personal taste and style. And don't forget, making mistakes and getting excited for the wrong reasons, worrying about a purchase that you made or a lost acquisition is all a part of learning and teaching your eye, teaching your heart how to curate the things around you. So in our crazy mixed up world that we live in today, where we search for new meanings when old ideas are swept to the street, where new traditions and new ideas of who and what becomes or is truly important, so then are the things we collect around us. So don't worry, be happy, and live in and discover and find the aesthetic joy that surrounds you. When we come back, my conversation with interior designer Gail Shields-Miller from Shields & Company Interiors. This is At Home. I'm David Thiergartner, and we'll be back in two minutes. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, The Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way on talkradio.nyc. Who do you want to connect with? Are you an entrepreneur or intrapreneur looking to build your following? Welcome to our show. Follow Follow Me Friday Friday with Joan and Priya. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern on talkradio.nyc. We're We're your digital connectors. connectors. Woo woo! (laughs) (laughs) Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day. My guest tonight, the consummate interior designer, Gail Shields-Miller. Gail, welcome to At Home. Thank you so much, David. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited um, to have you here tonight. We, We have one of those professional relationships where... We've known each other for years, but really haven't ever had the chance to sit down for a while. I know. Talk. We did that over a nice glass of wine and a beer tonight, yeah, huh? Just in case you hear us <laughs> slur a little bit, then maybe perhaps you know we were talking too much. But I'm excited to have you here because I think that uh, we have so much in common and and then things that I love about your design that I don't do in my designs. And that's what I kind of want to get to. But before we do, um, one of the traditions of the show is that I each ask each and every guest what their meaning of beauty is, and then more specifically, is there something specific in your home that just is beautiful to you? 
I think that's a really hard question. It's really difficult. I know. It? I could be really trite and say it's in the eyes of the beholder, but I won't. Well, you could. I could, but that's too trite because that would not represent me. Um, beauty is is comes in so many different shapes and forms. It's something that I see and an, I, I get like an internal reaction to it. And it doesn't mean that it's really beautiful in the classic way. It may just be unusual or it may be um, interesting or it may show something that, um, a talent that I never thought existed or an artist who interprets life in a way that I, I could never do because I'm not a fine artist and I, I admire that. So beauty is in many packages. I know that's that's kind of trite, but it's really how I see no, it. No, I don't think so at all. Actually, I think it's a fascinating answer and it says a lot about you because uh, you have an appreciation outside of how you at the moment see the world, right? You're, you're being drawn to things that maybe you didn't see before. Right, beauty is ever-changing ever for changing. me. Ever-changing, yeah. Not a, it's, not, it's not a, um, a hard and fast thing, although I think people generally like to think beauty is, is defined by A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's not for me. You know, and I think that's why um, I implement that when I do my design work. I, you know, but in my own house, yeah, in I have your own home. Oh my God, I have so many beautiful things. I'm sure you do. I, so do I think I, I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, it's a competition. You know, one's pushing against the other. Like I'm the beautiful thing. Everything I have in my home um, represents something that has a story behind it. I either found it in Italy in a little town, or I found, I found a vase once in. Um, I was in Ireland, and it said on the bottom, East Germany, and East Germany didn't exist anymore, yeah. and that, that tickled me pink. I thought, that what a cool thing, I gotta buy this vase. I mean, it was not expensive, but the idea that it was in Ireland, what the hell was it doing, excuse me, and that it was, it was beautifully done, it was very, um, it wasn't fine, it was um, you know, more like a, a, an ethnic kind of a piece. It didn't even look German, but I loved it, and I remember being in that, that place in that antique store in Ireland. I remember the whole story, where I was. I remember my husband yelling at me, what the hell do we need it for? Yep. I said, I need it. I have to have it, you know? And I think, as a designer, that compulsivity to possess, to own, to create this, um, I don't know if you call it theater or whatever it is, stage, that, that is your, know, your our surrounding, life. our life. Our life story. But if it's not, it has to be like that or it doesn't bring me peace. I need to see it in my life. I could never live without it, these things. I mean, I think we could talk all night. Maybe we will afterwards with another glass of wine and beer. But, I mean, every piece that I have in my home, I can tell the story of how I Same found here. it. And Same here. Who I purchased it from and what that conversation was and why I needed to have it and how excited I got. So that's why we have those things, don't right. we? Right. Well, I, they also represent my life because I've traveled. So I have things from India, I have things from um, Africa, I have things from uh, where was Thailand, wherever I've been. I've, you know, I've been in South America, and I but love... But they're more than, um, what do they call when you travel, not keepsakes. Yeah, keep, they're more than that. They're, you, there's an appreciation for what it is. No, they're unusual. Yeah. They're not your typical thing. Yeah. I would never go to one of those stores and buy a pearl necklace in Vietnam. Never, ever. Right, right, right. I, where did That's I buy this? Something yeah. weird. You know, I can't even, I have to think back on it, but I love it. Well, I want to talk about the joy of design. You're already there. You're, if, you're, if you could see Gail right now, she's <laughs> bubbling and her shoulders are moving. And, you know, so the joy of design. Um, which I think you represent so beautifully and so well, and, and I can see it in, in, the, in the homes that I have seen or the show houses that I've seen that you've done or in your pictures. But what, what makes design joyful for you? Well, here's, I'm going to back up for a second. I've always been artistic, and um, I, actually my training was more scientific. I have a master's degree, not in art, but in you know, audiology and oh my God. speech pathology. I didn't know that. And, um, but I always loved art, and I didn't know I was really a great interior designer, if I can boast for a second, but I didn't know that I had that innate skill to put things together in a very unpredictable way, um, that or unexpected way, so that they became interesting, not ordinary, not something that you see in every ad in the newspaper when they're trying to push a certain look, that it had a certain personalization for somebody. And with that, I always say to people, well, don't you have things that you've traveled with 
Don't you have books that you own? I mean, people need to have those personal things that are important. The books that I buy, they may be about art shows that I've been to. They may be about um, some exhibition I saw when I was in Greece or something, but they, they are significant. And I think a home should reflect that. So for me, um, I just don't want it to be predictable. I don't want it to mm, be what word. you see good. that what they're pushing in the design magazines. I want it to be. I want it to have my stamp on it. I wanted to say, "Oh, Gail did this." You know that Gail did this room, and you know it because for a while it used to be I used to put zebra rugs in every room. But that no. was a signature. Well, for a while, I learned that from my mother, who was an interior designer. Okay, we're gonna um, talk about her in a second. Right. Yeah. Now, so I don't do the zebra so much now. But there's always. Um, I'm great with lamps. A quirky lamp. You know that we once discussed that lamp that's made out of chains with the bulb on top. It's right, from the, right, uh, yeah. Italy in the 19th. I love that lamp. And most people wouldn't, but if when people have bought it, when I've suggested it, it becomes not only a lamp, but it's a piece of art. It, it takes on another dimension. And so, so that's that kind of whimsy that I'm talking about. There's a, I don't know, a freedom to that. There's a, there's a sense of joy or, or a sense of freedom or confidence. I mean, there's so many ways to define the ability to throw in a quote-unquote chained snake-looking lamp into a design. And so you said that, you know, you want it to look like you, but you... But none of your projects look the same. In other words, you might have a signature like a zebra rug that you like to use in every job. But is it, it are, are your clients coming to you because they too, like me, appreciate that sense of whimsy, that sense of artistic flair that you have? Um, I have to think so. Yeah, um, I mean, I'd have I to think so otherwise. So. But the thing is, I have to educate them at the same time because they think they don't understand how difficult it is to put it all together like that. It would be much easier as a designer if somebody said, oh, you know, so I saw this room in such and such a magazine or, or on Instagram or someplace and just duplicate it. That would make my job easy. But that would be a job without passion. And I need to have passion when I design. I need to feel... Um, it's not even how expensive or how much money the client spends. It's it's the individualization that what I'm putting in their house, nobody else has it. They're going to open this door and they're going to say, wow, who did this? Where'd that come from? And um, I think that hunt and peck and looking, which is constant for me, I'm always looking for different sources. And I'm always trying to teach people not to put the expected, not to put you know, a glass table with an iron base next to their sofa, for Christ's sake. Excuse me. <laughs> no, put that, put that unfinished wood table there with a funky lamp on it, and you'll get much more pleasure at it because it's almost like living with art in a funny way. You know, that it's not just you buy paintings and you put up there. I mean, everything is in interior design is artistic or of a certain level of beauty. And um, if you can invent it in, in an original way, I think that... Um, that you've been successful in interior design. And so I, I do too. You know, I, a, a term that might be used at least listening to us in this conversation so far would be that you would be an eclectic interior designer, but I, I don't think that you are. In other words, all of what we've talked about so far are, are special pieces, our point of focus, our, our, um, a discovery that's in a corner over there or something that just takes it. You know, I always think of, you know, how you, um, go from, you know, symmetrical twin beds in a room and how, you know, there's a different lamp on one end than the other just to break up the symmetry. That's what I mean. It's purposed or planned sort of object dart placement. And you're not saying that the whole design is a free-for-all. You're saying that there's room in every design for something unique and something special. Am I right or correct A hundred percent. But yeah. you just use the worst, the worst, the best words, purpose and planned. It's, it's something that you've played with. Like one day you said, well, why does, why couldn't you have a hanging lamp on one side of a, a bed and then a, a, a table lamp on the other side? From the same collection, perhaps, or maybe not. It maybe. depends. But you could do that, and wouldn't With that the be fabulous? Matching twin beds. I think it's right. the best way to handle those. Right. Things. Yeah. So the thing is, it's an experimentation. It's almost like if you think about a, a painter like um, Picasso. When he painted originally, it was all very, very um, typical classic painting, and then he played with it. And he developed his own style, and little by little, I mean, it didn't happen one night, and you know, one day, he he experimented until that what he did also looked planned and purposeful, but in a different way. And so, as you spend time in interior designer, you get to play, you get to um, 
seen different people. You meet um, young artisans that are doing fabulous things, and you want to incorporate it. So you have to always have that open mind out there in the world. Who's doing this? What's happening here? We spoke um, before about that place, The Future Perfect. They have a bevy of stuff in there from all these very unusual people. Different artists, different craftsmen. And I find that clients can be responsive if you send them something um, from a place like that, as opposed to going to just a regular, you know, store or a classic rug place, they want that in some respects. Some of them are less comfortable with it, but when they start to get the praise or they start to hear people coming in and say, "Oh, where'd you get that? Or where'd that happen?" Then the feedback is perfect for the client, and the client is happy. And I don't know; it just seems to work out. Maybe they know because I'm a little <laughs> out there myself. You know, I present regular, but I have a lot of enthusiasm, and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you're well, making me laugh. You I, do. You no, do present I do. regular. I but look, no, but again, your joy is in you. You have a great passion. There's nothing. Un- it's a passion, you and the, it's you're an artist th- for God's sake, and you represent yourself. So you're as creating one. a painting. You're creating something when you do interior design, and that's what you're doing. And it can be very staid, and that's also beautiful. We're not. Well, so we were talking, you know, we were talking that one of the responsibilities for an interior designer is to push your client beyond their comfortable yes. level. So, um, and that's tricky that you're playing with psychology, you're playing with spouses, you're playing with the girlfriend who comes in and goes, have you lost your mind? You're playing with a lot of different challenges. But can let's just talk a little bit about that. Let's talk a little bit about how we find our responsibility to go beyond what they think is uh, I don't want to say proper. Proper is not the right word, but or what they expected to go beyond a little bit of what they expected to be. Well, client, How do you address that? Well, um, clients bring with them um, their own experiences and what they want. You know, so they they definitely are a much generally rigid. I mean, occasionally you have that go for it, Gail. You know, per client, but they. I always say I'm pushing the envelope, right? That's my expression. Nice I'm pushing yeah. the envelope. And I That's said... That's easy to understand. Right. So I say, look at it for a while. Let me bring it into your house. See what it looks like. Because many dealers will let you yeah. bring in stuff. We call and, that bringing it for approval. One, it for approval. I would say 80% of the time, if you bring it into the house, yep. it stays. Because they see it. And, and maybe at first it's jarring. But then they get used to it. And it integrates. You know, the eye rests on it. And it becomes something that they enjoy. And it could be even a lamp that just like a Murano lamp that wasn't a typical Murano lamp. And they thought it should be something from ABC, blah, 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 blah. You know, client that they've seen a hundred times in their friend's house and then you put it there and the next time you come back you let it sit there for a week we love that lamp you know so it's not it for them it's different it's a longer process you've seen lamps like that as a designer a thousand thousand times times. you don't have to go through that process so you have to keep that in your mind you can't push it on them you have to treat you know have to massage the these things and then once they get the the confidence you that you have that ability to do that the next one is a little bit easier and easier but all within it's their home you have to remember that that. the holiday in uh, (laughs) challenge because you know holiday in is am i is that the name of the hotel? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Holiday Inn. Um, you know, they started because you were on the road and you knew when you got to a Holiday Inn that it was just like the Holiday Inn 100 miles ago in Topeka. Right. And so that's how they became famous and that's how they became a big, you know, hotel chain because everybody wanted that predictability. And that's exactly what I don't want to happen in my designs is that there's a predictability to it or there's a regularness to it or there's a safe to it that I don't want so what's interesting when I was um, younger when I went into design with my third career was an interior designer I worked um, for my mother and she would find a fabric that she loved and everybody that year that she did got that fabric you know it was like her go-to fabric and you know and then there were several variations of things around it i can't handle that i need every project to be a little bit different so that i'm enthusiastic about it so let's talk about that so so that you're enthusiastic about that because i think that's important because we have to keep our energy we have to keep our creative powers working but you also do it because you're doing it in a response to who your clients are, the programming that you did. For instance, you know, this client over here has two kids and three dogs. This client over here is just newly married. They don't have children yet. This client over here is on their second marriage and they've now moved to a penthouse apartment. So 
we can't use the same fabric doesn't work in all those scenarios. I don't know. She sold it to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> she was very successful. But I told you she was a great salesperson. <laughs> it was a different time. too. It was a different time. And there's more things out there. Um, I can't say that I can push everybody. I, I think you have to be it's a business. You know, I, I'm in business, not only an artist. Um, you have to push them as far as you think you can take them. Or what you have to do is take what they give you and make it better. And by just making it better by saying like, you know, throw the, a blue pillow on the bed for goodness sakes, you know, <laughs> throw <laughs> a instead of that one, or put a fur thing there, you know, yeah. something that they wouldn't have thought of before. Um, you can only push people so far. What is that, that horse that you could take them to water, but they're not going to drink it all the time. So at a certain moment in a job, you decide, okay, we're going to go this way. And a certain moment, maybe you get that freedom to really fly. And then I think we haven't hit this exactly, but do you have a responsibility as an interior designer to teach them how to fish so that as you progress or as you go to the next house or as you go to their children's house or whatever, they have started to open their eyes to develop a better sense of their style to have a better education. Do you think that's a part of your responsibility as an interior designer? I would say 100%. Okay. But I will also say that um, some people respond to it better. Um, once, you, once you have been successful with them, the second job is easier because they know what they're getting. So if you don't educate them, if you just listen to them and do what they want, it would be so boring. Why would you want to be an interior designer, <laughs> right? They could go to Bloomingdale's and go get their, get their yeah, house or done. Ethan or yeah. Ethan <laughs> Allen, right? We talked about that. So I think that if you don't do that, you're not really doing your job. And what would be the fun of doing the job if you didn't do that? Yes, sometimes it's more limiting. And you hope you can get get your way with some things. But... You know that 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 yeah, job I don't where sell you sell furniture. I'm not a furniture salesperson. Exactly. Yeah, that's not why you're hired. We're not furniture salesperson. Yeah. Although I'm not sure about today whether they are or not interior designers, which we can discuss later. We're going to talk about that uh, when we get back. But uh, well, this has been an incredible conversation so far. So I look forward to continuing that. We're gonna we're gonna go to break and um, talk to Gail. But this is at home, and Gail and I will be back to talk about the ever-changing interior design industry that we've both been a part of for decades now. A long time, Not yeah. to give our age away. Um, Never. We'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio. 24 hours a day.
we're back and we're talking to the highly skilled and talented interior designer Gail Shields Miller. I'm a big fan. I have been for a long time. And uh, you can follow Gail and her wonderful work on Instagram at get this designlicious. And so with a Z, with right? With a Z. <laughs> That's like Liza with a Z, not Lisa with an S. Cause right, right, right. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, but yes, designlicious with right. a Z. And on Facebook at Gail hyphen, no, Gail Miller hyphen it's Shields. Like, um, Gail Shields Miller, it's yeah. under there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gail Shields Miller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take a look at her tremendous work uh, website, too, which is shieldsinteriors.com. Exactly. Listen, and uh, while we're doing this, uh, send your questions to David at David Thurgartner Interiors and just put in the subject line for my office uh, at home questions and they'll respond. We'll put those on the air when we come back in the next segment. You know, um, there's so much that I still want to talk about, but um, just tell us a little bit again about your mom and 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 how what you learned from her. And I'm just, you know, I kind of have that in my family too. I came from right, furniture we were talking people about that. and um, all of that. But just t- can you just talk for a second about those influences and and did she? were you so influenced that you learned to see the world differently because you had a mom who was interested in beautiful things and art and design around her? Well, my mother was an unusual woman. She was, um, she never finished high school, but she was very, very, very talented. No matter what she touched, it turned to gold. I used to say she has the Midas touch. You know, if she, anything she did, if she entered a contest, she always won it. She cooked, she sewed, she played the piano, but most of all, she was a great interior designer, never went to school for it. And people used to come, the business tap happened because people came to the house and say, oh, come do my house, come do my house. So when I went to work for her, um, I would, if I were to describe her, let me back up for a second, I would say she was sort of anti-mame, mixed up with Zsa Zsa Gabor, mixed up with, uh, I don't know, wow. name, name some other wild, crazy Hungarian, basically. Rosalind <laughs> Russell and... Rosalind, right. And <laughs> she looked like uh, Betty Davis, enough. actually. Okay. She had <laughs> wow. Okay. But she was a very powerful woman, a, a, almost like a Renaissance woman before her time, before people leave. I remember when she knew where to buy a toilet. It was like the best thing. Women couldn't believe that she knew where to buy a toilet in her generation. However, um, I did decide to go to work for her after I'd gone through several other careers, and um, I didn't know that I had the talent. I was artistic. I painted, I sculpted, I drew, I did a lot of things, but I didn't know I had interior design talent, which is a very specific talent. Um, people think it's easy, but it's really not. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of energy, a lot of devotion, a lot of passion, as I said before, to really get it right. And um, at least my generation, and I'm sure yours too, David, that we, we're really serious about it and serious about meeting new artisans, serious about doing a good job. Um, it, it's more than work, as I say. It's like making a picture. It's like making people's lives better. It, it, it has so many ramifications. It does. It truly does. And that's, I think, where I get so much energy from that. We're going to talk about the changing, ever-changing aspects of our business and our our industry. But before we do, um, just could you tell everybody a little bit about one of your favorite projects and just describe it a little bit and then tell us why it was your favorite project. Um, I don't have a favorite project, but no, I could... Is it like picking a kid? <laughs> right. Oh, that's a terrible thing, right? <laughs> it's like, which kid do I like better? Um, thank God I, mean, I only have that, one, so I'm easy, it's easy for me. Um, I think... I've had a lot of really wonderful projects and it's when there's this symbiotic relationship with the client. The client loves what you're doing, wants wants you to do it. You know, you may have some arguments about the price of something. I shouldn't even say arguments, discussions is a better word. But they, they really appreciate everything you do and it's it's like painless working with them. I'm in a project like that right now. It's not a big one, but it's in a very lovely building down in Tribeca and I just I just can't wait to find the next thing for her or I can't wait to finish this or find a piece of art and um because it's almost like it's my apartment but it's not you know it's like I'm doing my apartment over again and they are totally appreciative um they want it's it's like talking to a friend we become friends I'm sure you've become friends with a lot of your oh, your right. clients yeah, so it's so. it's on many levels it's extremely satisfying it's hard. It's hard working. It's not that it's easy, but um, the satisfaction is terrific, and um, it's my taste. 
and they get it. And so I'm having fun. That's great. Right? I'm yeah, that's a wonderful. Lot of fun. Let's talk a little bit about our our business, our our industry that we work for. I think you and I have seen some um, incredible changes, especially probably since the 08 recession, and and of course, uh, technology. I think has really found its hold on how we do business um, on a daily basis. I think before 08, I think we are all still kind of playing with it and seeing how. I think before 08, we would say, oh, and I still have to see that lamp. I can't buy that lamp on the Internet. I can't buy those those sheets on the Internet, right? But now we're all getting a little bit used to it. So let's just talk about that. Um, you know, the mass market, I call it kind of put together furniture just to kind of give us a sense of where that is. Um, and with that said, I think there's a lot of design in put together furniture, but that's not the point of what you and I are talking about. And we're talking about what the whole show is about. It's incorporating the things that are important in our lives and how we think maybe that doesn't seem to be as important as it used to be. Right. So, for instance, just so I can I'll start us off. Um, I did a large project in Greenwich, 18,000, 20,000 square feet. And we had this beautiful antique center hall table and it was necessary and it was the right thing to walk into. And sure enough, in the first week, the maid, the housekeeper, sorry, maid, the housekeeper put a big, large glass face with flowers on it without putting anything underneath and Bye -bye table. ruined <laughs> the, you know, a uh, beautiful antique table mm -hmm. and the clients I just I don't want this stuff I can't take care of it all that kind of stuff and that's always been a big benchmark for me that people don't have the tolerance for fine things or good things or they're worried that they're going to get ruined do you have that same sense um I think people are so practical today it's almost boring excuse me I mean okay. here here in okay. this project I was just you know that I love um People will worry. Well, I have to get my my phone, and I have to get my a book, and my glasses, and my bup 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 on the night table. I said, well, there's not that much room over there. So, or I have to see the fireplace and the television at the same time. I said, well, the fireplace is over here, and the television. You know, the, the, there. It's I like, have a river, the fireplace, and the TV. Oh my god, all a river too. Yeah. Right. So I mean, there's a certain unrealistic thing, and yet they think you're a magician. You can make it happen. I said, right. well, we could make your chair just keep revolving around in the center of the room. You'd see everything after a while. I think that's a pretty good solution, actually. <laughs> well, he didn't go for it, but it was a good sol solution. Um, I think that uh, people are not as tuned in to fine things anymore. We talked about the fact that people don't buy fine silverware. They don't care about having fine dishes anymore or fine glasses. They don't want to own those things. They don't want to be responsible for them. Um, and in that, you have to throw in furniture. So it takes that special client that will really care about that. But even if they buy it, they want to be really practical about it. You know, like they want to put a piece of glass on the top of something so that it doesn't scar, you know, or scratch. So it's a hard thing to um, to get over that because they spend a lot of money on this and they don't want to they don't want to be bothered. You're 100 percent right. Uh, years ago, it wasn't that important. You just did it, and they took it, they took it, and they appreciated that they were getting this house done in a very um, unique way by a very talented person, and they they were happy and they would get, they wanted finer things. But I think the whole style of living has changed. People are on the go. People don't even get dressed up anymore. Half my closet I don't even wear anymore. <laughs> I might as well give it away because and it, uh, we we even we have fallen prey. To that a little bit oh definitely you know but um and younger people could care less they could care less yeah, about I was gonna things say, do you see it more as a generational shift or i see it as a generational shift mm. and a, a shift excuse me and i think it's also because well i hate to blame all those tv shows that can do a house in like a half hour you know i that on television that those things that they see people do quickly and I don't even know that on the home Well, I mean, show. I always think I'm, if those shows inspire people, I'm thrilled by that. If that's what you get, if you're excited to work in your home or do something for your home, that's great. But the idea that what they can accomplish in the period of time that they're saying and the money that they're saying, I think is lying, to be perfectly honest. Well, it is lying. And so I think that 
is a little hard to forgive because now you're you're setting up standards that are impossible for people to reach. But I, I think that um, people are happy with less. For example, if I, I did a, a grandmother, wait, a great-grandmother, a grandmother, and the daughter, and then the baby's room. And, and the, the daughter, the, the granddaughter, she would, she would have been, she called me and I was really surprised because I know that all her friends probably just went to Restoration Hardware and they were happy to have Restoration Hardware because it represents a certain level and nobody's going to walk into your house and say, oh my God, where'd you get that or this? Because it looks like the right choice. They don't care to be individual as, as much. They care to fit somehow into a mold that represents because they don't want to, they don't want to have to deal with it or explain it because maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they don't get it. We get it because we grew up with it. We get it because we want it. We understand it. We appreciate it. But maybe those values are not being passed on anymore to um, younger children, younger people. Well, we talk a lot about it on this show as far as you know, I mean, to be perfectly honest, the reason I asked the beautiful question at the beginning of the show is so that, you know, maybe the next day you're walking down the street and you find something or you see something and you kind of go, hey, I think that's beautiful. I think, you know, I think, yes, I think it's important for us all to talk about it and all to find the value and the beauty and the craftsmanship and the art that's around us and put it back onto a situation um, in our homes that we can live with, find a way to live with it. For instance, I just I do a lot of custom furniture, but I just did a custom furniture where we didn't use marble. We didn't use we found Corian. And I know that might sound weird to people, but we found Corian. And then I designed it so that the Corian looked good on the table, the profile of it, right. all of that. So now the client, as their kitchen table, isn't worried about the glass scratching or the marble finish being ruined. And it worked. It's right. a beautiful design. You have to be practical, too. You, have you can't to be always practical. push... And right. it's not about it's not about expensive either. So I get the Corian. I love it, you know. Right. And, and I've seen fabulous things made out of Corian. So you, you have to bring that to your job too. You can't just you know draw a line in the sand and tell your client everything has to be. I think we have about expensive. a minute left, minute and a half left, and so I'm going to ask the big question okay. at the end where okay. we should spend a half hour on. But where do you see the future of interior design and interior designers? Going I think forward? I think we're we're a dying breed. You and I. I think that. Less and less people will um, want design on our level, um, where we that individual that individual personal. personal. They'll be happy just if you expedite it for them. You know, mm -hmm. it's you become an expediter instead of an expert, and they'll be satisfied because it it doesn't seem to be as important. Um, I'm not saying every single person. I'm I'm sure there will be others, but that I've used that expression expediter against expert frequently. Um, yeah, expediter against expert. I think that's really well. Uh, a great term so i mean that's that. sad but well we'll see things change all the time we'll in life what can we do to it. gail i can't believe that we're at the end of this where i feel Neither like we could <laughs> just got started so listen stay with me and we'll take some questions or some questions from our listeners and see if we can um have a little bit more to say okay terrific this is at home and gail and i will be back in two minutes Such a good time, I'm having a ball. Don't stop me now. If you wanna have a good time, just give me a call. Don't stop me now. I'm having a good time. Don't stop me yes, now. I'm having a good time. I don't wanna stop at all. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc.
Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com back yeah let's take some questions from the listeners okay so here's the first one this is katie b and she says i love the term aesthetic joy (laughs) and then she says (laughs) i feel that i don't have any um how do i learn how do i begin that process oh my god hire a great interior designer (laughs) Um, take classes and actually you could take classes about things about and and you could go on museum you know go to different museums and see different um exhibitions uh like especially museum of arts and design in manhattan i don't know where she is they have fabulous unusual things there in their exhibitions and you would start to train your eye to see you know this and that and go on the tour have somebody explain it to you as you go around so that you develop an interest in um what you're seeing and maybe go to you know follow it up with another show or katie we don't know where you are but i mean you know for here in new york um you know we have show houses all the time we have you know the incredible rooms at the metropolitan museum of art right um so all of that but i think too in today's world buy it bring it home and it doesn't matter Take it whether back. and her your aesthetic joy isn't my aesthetic joy yeah, it's all yeah. personal so don't be inhibited just go out and if you see something and oh my god i love that i want it buy it you know for yourself i mean how many things do you think gal in your life that for yourself let's say and for myself, that you bought that, you know, you didn't end up liking or that you took back or that didn't work. Not a lot. You're going to think I was I'm funny. Say, I asked that question and then I was going to say, not a lot. Not a lot. I don't have a lot. Because That's what funny. I do is when I have any kind of equivocation about it, I wait a day <laughs> and then I think about it. And, you know, if I can get past the day and not want it the next day, then I'm good. <laughs> oh, I call that the 20 minute walk. I had to walk for 20 uh, right, minutes. Until I get I it out of my mind. Right, that's exactly. So that's what you have to do. Because uh, I love too many things. We're you just know, I'll trained. be broke. <laughs> we're just trained well. Here we know where Kate's from. She's from New Jersey. And she says, I, uh, I have my dear... <laughs> these are really cute questions today. I have my dear Italian's aunt, aunt, Italian aunt, collection of salt and pepper shakers. They are quite fun and colorful, but I have never figured out how best to display them. Well, salt and pepper shakers, very specific. Okay, I think you need to go to um, a great cabinet shop or something and tell somebody, but make sure it's a great one, not just an ordinary one, and tell them you want to display these things. And either you, because it's a collection, so you either have to have maybe a particular etagere or something built for your your kitchen or dining area, um, some place that you could put them all out. But it had, or go find it, go look, you know, online or go to a stores. Um, but if it's if you have so many of them that you need somebody she to create something, say how many she had. Well, I, it doesn't matter. But you know, any collection, you have to find a way. I mean, to I love ex- collections. You know, so I mean, I think off the top of my I'm head, I good, would yeah. say, you know, pick your favorite ten. I, I was going to say, get some wall brackets, paint yeah. in the same color as the wall because you want the objects to take the focus, not I'm the. I'm going to go back to what you said. Pick your favorite ten and rotate them when you yeah, feel like exactly. it. Exactly. People do a, that with art who have a big art collection. They don't keep it all on the walls. I mean, maybe some are Christmas. Maybe some are Thanksgiving. I don't know what the collection is. So just rotate them. Have fun. Put up some permanent brackets. 
I always paint the brackets in wall color because I don't want to see the brackets. I want to, if I would do it, I would museum mount them. That's one of my favorite things to do, but we don't, she can't do that. But anyway, yeah, have fun with them. Don't make it such but a major thing. But I think that's thing. the best thing. Rotate them and Take, put them out. And then, um, and I know, you know that when people have art collections, they do that all the time. And then if you don't know about it, a magical tool is museum putty. So you put a little museum putty under it. So in case they do fall off the shelf or something, or they don't fall off because Absolutely. they're kind of stuck onto that's the shelf. That's a good anyway. show how technique too, so they don't steal things so they don't steal anything <laughs> this is oh we got everybody telling us where they're from today this is uh jessica from california oh this is a cool question i have a drawer full of my mother's decade old linen tablecloths i don't entertain like that anymore is there anything else that i can do with them Antique linen tablecloths, yeah, so and you know, don't en- entertain anymore. I well, don't so when I was a buyer, um, I used Can to. Can she buy, make bedspreads out of? Yeah, them? I was gonna, well, I used to buy pillows, decorative pillows, from a woman who bought antique linen tablecloths, dyed them, and made and made, made throw pillows out of them, and they were pillows. quite beautiful because they have the wonderful damask pattern. When you dye them, it takes them out of their whiteness and their predictability. Right. And um, and they were quite beautiful, and we did really well with them. They had tied on the back, but I, and then and I'm thinking of my retail experience. I asked her then to make shower curtains for us. Those were huge sellers, so you can do that. And I think you you could piece them together and make draperies if you wanted if you, to. If you're creative I, I and think, able to yeah, do it, I think right. there's tons of different. You can things. make throws. You could do a lot of things Throw. with it. Yeah. Bed bed covers. I mean, they're beautiful quality linen. There's no question about it. And it would be a shame to to throw them away or just toss them to a charity place or anything. Try to figure out what you can do with them. Right. You know, I mean, I think I, I like that beautiful. idea though of putting it in bedding or, you know, on pillows. It would make a stuff. gorgeous bed right. skirt. I mean, right. make a beautiful ruffled bed skirt out of right. tablecloths would be fantastic. Okay. Audrey JJ. I changed my mind. Oh, I changed my mind all the time. I push and move furniture around. Almost every week, paint the walls every time I like a new color. How do I settle on what I really like? Um, uh, well, I I don't know. I usually when I finish something, I love it. In my house, I did I did it twelve years ago. I love everything about it. I mean, the only thing I want to do is keep it up to snuff so it doesn't fall, you know, get deteriorated. So but you she's need help. That, she yeah. needs help. Well, <laughs> she I mean, needs someone to is, direct oh, her. You're very creative. You know, you're kind of doing what we had told the the other woman to do. Well, about she, if she's happy stuff. doing that, but yeah, it but seems it, like a lot of energy. And I don't wasted. think we would have gotten the question if she was happy about no, it. No, so I think that she should she should get somebody to help her and put her in a direction so that I'm saying an interior designer, obviously, so that she comes up with something that she's put maybe more energy into and she feels kind of um, maybe even more money, I'm not even sure, that she knows that it's right. I mean, obviously she doesn't feel that it's right, so she's always changing it. I, I don't know what else she can do without yeah. professional I mean, I help. I guess I'm going to say, give her a couple basic principles. One is if you're pushing it around all the time and moving furniture, then you don't have a focal point in the room. So I think that's crucial. I talk about focal points all the time on this show. So if you have a fireplace, that's a focal point. If you have a beautiful set of windows, that's a focal point. If you don't have any of those things and maybe you're looking into another room, that would be a focal point. Decide what you want to look at when you're sitting on the sofa, when you're sitting in the chair, and start there. That's also, how also, you want Also, the room should, and maybe she's avoiding it, the room dictates a certain amount. Would, yeah. When you walk into a room, you don't want yeah. to have the back of a sofa. You want to see it on the far wall. That's another really you know, good So you have to think about... You don't what want it, barriers in your path. Right. You don't want barriers. And I think that... I really think, and I'm saying the same thing, if someone put together a design and or came to your house, hire them by the hour, move it around, let them tell you this is the best way for this room because usually rooms have maybe one great way and maybe another way. They don't really have five and six They really ways. don't. They don't. So, you know, that's out of experience from you and I. There right. is always one way. That's the best. That and is so the best. And so have somebody direct you into that and live with it for a while so that you see that that is the best. Yeah, I would agree 100%. I mean, I think that's really smart. I mean, that's a good bit of information, actually. That floor plans, once you start to draft them out, once you start to figure it out, there's really one way. And I can spend, I like doing floor plans. So I can, I always like to challenge myself, but you always go back to the first or the second one. Right. 
Right. So you can play. And all it doesn't you want. really matter if it's pink, orange, green, or purple. No, 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 no. The no. color that's is a whole nother. Yeah, that's right. a whole nother. If you thing. like to cheap change the color, but the way the furniture should be oriented, there's usually one best way for that. Color. If you can't decide on the colors that you like, open your closet and it's sitting well, how, right there in front of you. All the colors that you like are inside your closet. Or just go neutral and throw the colors in oh, pillows and rugs. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can change them much more easily than painting walls. This is Tom OK. Maybe he's from Oklahoma. I looked at both of your websites and you both use pattern rugs. Uh, I do. You do. Yes, yeah. I do. Um, I have only solid. <laughs> I have only solid everything. Rugs, furniture, walls. I think I'm pattern shy. Any thoughts? <laughs> pillows. Put the patterns in pillows if Too you small want. Things. Yeah, and Too small and uh, paintings. If you have paintings that are not monochromatic, you can get a lot out of that. You can do it in drapery too, yep. and um, you know the way you you accessorize. Um, if if you're not. I think that, what else would you put, the things you put in there? Well, it sounds very masculine, and, and I'm just gathering that, but it sounds very masculine. So, you know, pick masculine patterns. It can be a houndstooth. It can be a chevron. Or it doesn't have to be a, a floral. It doesn't have to be swirls, right? So that right. would be it. So, right. hey, we are out of time. Oh, no, Gail, so much more to I talk know, about, I, David, right? <laughs> thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that you're here. I've been wanting to have this conversation for a long time. So have I. So thank you a so pleasure. much. Thank a pleasure. Thank you. A real joy for me. I want to thank everybody here at talkradio.nyc, Schoolhouse Number 6 Productions. I couldn't do it without you, and I wouldn't want to try. Benjamin Keegan for my music, and remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at home with DTI. Remember to take a look at my website, davidthurgartnerinteriors.com. Stay tuned for the Noreen Sumter Show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way. And until next week on the radio, remember the best designs for your life start at home. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in a rut? Negative thoughts, feelings, and conversations got you down? Hi, I'm Noreen Sumter, the Potentiator. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time and listen for new ideas on my show, Beyond Potential, Live Life Your Way, on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin. Together, we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. The best designs for your life start at home. I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home. Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as we talk to the very best professionals about interior design and the design that's all around us right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 